slow songs, they for skinny hoes. Can't move all of this here to one of those. I'm a thick bitch, I need tempo. Fuck it up to the tempo. Fuck it up to the tempo. Fuck it up to the tempo. Hello, and welcome to episode 68 of Black Girl Squee. This is the podcast where we celebrate Black Femme Genius with a... I am Didi, one of your co-hosts, and I go by Dust Daughter on most social media. I am Enda, and I go by Enda's Corner on uh, Twitter. And together, you can find us at Black Girl Squee, uh, all one word. You can find us there on Twitter, on Tumblr. Uh, You can search Black Girl Squee on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Podcasts and find us. Um, You can probably find us on most podcasting apps or podcatchers uh, that you enjoy. Just search for Black Girl Squee. Uh, You can find us on Patreon if you want to support the show. Patreon.com slash Black Girl Squee. And you can email us at blackgirlsquee at gmail.com. Of course, all of our episodes, including shows like Ratchet Research, Missives from the Underground, Get Her in the Game, a pitch podcast, and um, all of the little extras that we do uh, can be found on blackgirlsquee.simplecast.fm. So... Just to get um, a few housekeeping notes out of the way, uh, we have a spoiler policy. Um, we spoil shit. Um, we're not sorry about it. Um, I don't know if we're going to spoil anything today. We might spoil some Avenger shit. I don't know. Probably. Um, <laughs> but again, the shit's been out forever. Um, <laughs> and it wasn't really that good. So. Uh, we're not sorry about it. Uh, we also squee really loud, um, especially my co-host. We cuss a lot, <laughs> and we talk about penis, especially my co-host. Um, yes. again, we are not sorry. No, no, no. I'm moving on. I'm moving on. So, so okay. We ain't a bit more shit. We ain't shit. Okay. We ain't shit. Okay. Just, right. just adding that. Uh, and she, she's. My co-host is going to get me later, so moving on swiftly. <laughs> uh, just a just a note to add to the housekeeping: we ain't shit. So we tell you from the outset, uh, you should have yes. should have been known by now. We sixty eight episodes in, so yes. With that, <laughs> will you start us off on our squee worthy news, Miss Enda? I sure will. And. Okay, so first off, we got to give a shout out to our young our young babies on the come up. If uh, you may have seen, I hope you have, but Marcy Martin and Nico Parker Grace uh, cover the Grace the cover of Teen Vogue, and they are so cute. Marcy Martin, you may know her from this little show called Blackish. She is from Texas, and she is one of the youngest producers in Hollywood history. Her film Little is uh, debuting next month, I believe. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think that comes out next month. And in the magazine, Marci, um, she says, the first time I was in Universal, I was 10 and I was wearing this blazer. Now it's like I come in with sweats and with a hoodie. And I'm just like, so here's what's going down, guys. <laughs> Girl. 
<laughs> she is all the way in charge. Oh, I bet. Oh, I bet the white people hate her. <laughs> and I bet she knows she don't give a damn. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And also sharing the cover with her was Nico Parker. Nico grew up in London. And if you see her, you definitely recognize her because she is the child of actor Tandy Newton and writer-director old partner Parker. She looks exactly like Tandy. That Tandy Newton herself. Yeah. Actually, three times because all three of her kids look exactly like her. So, yeah. I mean, it's wow. Anyway, this is her first role in Tim Burton's Dumbo. And she says, the whole process of publicity, I find it really odd. I'm not here to be like their kid. My mom is here to be my stage mom. I'm standing looking out for her baby. Yeah. yeah. Zimbabwe yeah. came through strong. It came it through Because, I mean, she cloned herself. She cloned yeah. herself. Yeah. They just, they just, they just a little That's bit it. lighter, yep. but that hair yep. was like, bam. That hair was like, yeah, no mistake. <laughs> no, no mistake. Somebody. Yep. We are here to represent the motherland. <laughs> put in some work. It jumped. It is jumping out. Yes, it is. Okay, but to both these young ladies, congrats to them, and we'd like to give them a big Okay. Um, there's a nice profile in the Guardian about actress Zawe Ashton who has basically been hiding in plain sight. Um, uh, Zawe has been known for roles in Fresh Meat, um, Not Safe for Work, a BBC show called Wanderlust, and recently uh, Velvet Buzzsaw on Netflix. She's currently starring in Harold Pinter's play called Betrayal in London's West End. Um, she's she's working with a couple of uh, people that, um, you know, uh, the <laughs> white Marvel fandom go crazy for. So um, <clears throat> this may be the first time that they've uh, heard of Zawe, uh, which is a shame. Um, but... Um, but do your things that way. Um, she's she is becoming more well known as an author. She's written plays, short films, and has a book coming out next month called Character Breakdown. Um, her mother is Ugandan and her father is English, and both of them are teachers. And. Um, the part about uh, hiding in plain sight is just that she was reading an, a review of her um, performance in Fresh Meat. And somebody remarked, where has she been hiding? <laughs> like, but she had been working for years before that. And that's, that's the way with so many black actors, no matter where you're from. So even though... You know, you know whether whether you're from the UK or from America or anywhere else. Seems like <laughs> nobody really, you know, um, people think that you're just um, this overnight sensation. <laughs> but it takes years to get there. So to Zawe Ashton, we give a big 
Okay. Um, if you don't keep up with Shadow and Act, uh, they actually have some some really good profiles and things every once in a while. And so, just recently, they highlighted some black uh, black women TV showrunners. The twelve twelve black um, TV showrunners, among them were Shonda Rhimes, who is working on eight new projects at Netflix. Wow, get that money. <laughs> yes. Uh, also, Janine Sherman. Barros, I'm just going to go with that. If I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. Who is a showrunner behind Claws? And I hope I got that right because I love that show. And I didn't know Courtney Kemp who is behind Power. And that's a popular one. And also, of course, Yvette Lee Bowser, who is behind Dear White mm-hmm. People. I didn't know she was doing that. But of course, you know, we all know her from the single and all the 90s stuff anyway. And, uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. She gave us all our shows. Oh my gosh, I love Yvette Lee Bowser. I'm sorry, she just, she, yeah, she inspired me to want to write television. I just, I love her. So, and of course, you know, without Living Single, we wouldn't have had girlfriends. So, all these people that, you know, want a girlfriend's uh, revival, but don't want a Living Single revival can kiss my ass. But, um, <laughs> go ahead, sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> also included, <laughs> also included Ayanna Floyd Davis, who is behind the shy. And um, I went to know that all of these, um, this list, it actually came from the hills of the passing of Unetta T. Boone, who was also another name that we knew from the '90s because she was doing a, a lot of shows that we watched too. So, want to you know shout out a, a rest in power to her. She she passed at age 63 this past week. But um, all of these women, they were her peers and also following in her footsteps. And it's just, there were so, some of these, I had no idea, you know, some of these women who were behind, you know, some of these shows. But sometimes when you come across a show you like it, that, ex- that explains, <laughs> that explains some things, you know. So, yeah. So to uh, these women, please go check out that article, you know, find out who's, doing the thing behind the scenes and uh, show some love and support. And to them, we give a big Uh, Shadow and Act. I guess they're just uh, doing this for International Women's Month, um, but Ah. highlighting also um, Black women film directors who have made history. Um, the, their list included five, but I can I can think of more. Yes, um, thank goodness. They um, they start with Cheryl Denier, um, who directed The Watermelon Woman, mm. and other films. Of course, Julie Dash, who um, directed uh, Daughters of the Dust and um, several episodes of Queen Sugar. Um, speaking of Queen Sugar, we have uh, Ava DuVernay. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Victoria Mahoney, who um, also uh, directed episodes of Queen Sugar, and is now going to work on the second unit of a Star Wars film. So, finally, have uh, black women um, making moves in that universe. And Yuzan Palsy, who uh, directed A Dry White Season in the 90s, featured, uh, that starred um, Marlon Brando. Um, I mean, other black women directors, I can think of Dee Rees. She made history um, uh, being Oscar nominated for a Netflix film. Uh, and 
when her yeah. her cinematographer got um got became the first woman cinematographer ever nominated for an Oscar. Um, mm-hmm. There's another um um Kazi Simmons um used by you. Um Caveman's Valentine need need some need to see some new Ooh. stuff from her. But uh, Cassie Lemons, yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. I said her name wrong. Cassie yeah. Lemons. Cassie yeah. Lemons. Yeah, she's actually like kind of like if I ever get some of my stuff like published and adapted, she's like first choice for a lot of stuff for me. Eve's Bayou is a classic. I don't you know, I'll I'll fight you on that. So all of, all, of, <laughs> all of these women, um, so so that there, uh, Shadow and Act listed five. Um, I'm sure we can think of more, um, and there are hopefully more black women directors uh, to come because Lord knows we have something to say. Yes. So to all of these women and more who have made history and uh, just done some fine work. We give a oh, also D Reese for Bessie. That that movie was amazing. Ooh, yes. Blues it women. Just, I'm still Blue mad because they, they they got so robbed with everything with that. Yeah. Just yeah. robbed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so now it is time to take another trip to <laughs> Indus Corner. Okay, well, we'll be brief. Um, but uh, unless you have been under a rock somewhere, I hope you have not. You know that there has been a new single by Lizzo and Missy Elliott, and it is called Tempo. And yes. Fuck it up for the tempo. As you can tell. <laughs> Well, as you can see from so that enthusiastic fire. response there, yes, that song really is fire. It's fire as fuck. It really is. Yes. Two thumbs up. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's Lizzo. Exactly. It's Missy Elliott. How could yeah. it not? It couldn't be nothing. But I don't know. They'd have to fight extra hard for Good it. Good God. Yeah. But yeah, no, they always bring a game. So this was a, this was a match made in heaven. You know, kind of it. It just worked. It fits and it works. So yeah. Now I just need a whole album, just a whole collabo album. Just just do that. That would be magic. This is amazing. I mean, for Lizzo got on a track with Big Frida. Now she's on a track with Miss Elliot. Like, this is amazing. Just put all the collabos together and have Missy produce them. I don't know. Just yep. something. Yeah. We just need more like of this magic. magic. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Fuck it up to the top. <laughs> okay. Anyway. So, yeah. So that's our, our first show. Glee. Just Glee. Uh, also, Angelique Kidjo is about to do a, um, a tribute album to Celia Cruz. So it's like lately she's actually been doing like a lot of, of like cover stuff. She recently covered the Talking Heads album Remain in Light. I think that was just last year she did that. I also didn't know that in 2009 she did an album in tribute to Nina Simone. 
It's called Seeing the Truth. But uh, this album, <clears throat> excuse me, I think it's going to be called, no, no, not the album, but uh, yeah, she um, she released a track called Kimbara, but I don't, I forget what is what the album is going to be called. But anyway, yeah, yeah anyway, she released a, um, the album is going to be called Celia. Okay, well, oh yeah, there it is, I see. <laughs> and it's going to be an Afrobeat album. That's actually going to be interesting because, you know, Celia Cruz is the Queen of Salsa. And uh, Angelique Kidjo, she's, she is probably one of the most popular or most well-known um, Afrobeat and West African um, singers, songwriters around. But uh, she says um, about, you know, Kimbara, she said it's the first song of Celia Cruz that she ever heard and been in where she grew up. And she said the vocals were so acrobatic and it was a beautiful challenge for me. And so she said she met Celia Cruz backstage in Paris you know, before one of her concerts. She said she started singing. She's like, please come and join me on stage for Kimbara. We'll sing it together. And like, that highlights her life in Paris. And I just love these women who who, st- who encourage, you know, <laughs> their their fellow, you know, singers and stuff. And like, oh, hey, come do this with me. And we'll, you know, I'm like, I would have. I might have just passed out, but I mean that's yeah. that's just beautiful. Yeah, I, I love seeing I love seeing that support and that love for each other. I just do. So yeah, but um, yeah. So you know, I think that's next month. Oh, shit, I closed the thing, so I forgot. But April next. That should be yes. Yep, another month. So that should be soon. So be on the lookout for that. And. There was also a new single from Tierra Wack called Unemployed, and this is like the fourth single in a month. She is, she is in these four songs, <laughs> she has released more music than she did her 15-minute album. Yes. And so, and I'm, I want to say that I did see that there's something about an album, but I don't think I did. I'm probably just making that up because that's what I want. <laughs> yeah, she's... Some I saw somebody say, you know, just yesterday on Twitter, all the best new rappers out now are women, and that's true. She's among them. She's among them. You know, just creative, offbeat, and everything. It's kind of like that, you know, quirky, you know, black girl that we don't see a lot because when they come around, y'all really, well, people, I'm not going to say y'all, but people really just dismiss them and don't give them the time of day. So, but, yeah, but, um, yeah. So, check her out. You know. Also, if you didn't listen, if you didn't watch the the Whack World uh, video, the long form video, go watch that too. She's just really doing some, you know, interesting stuff like Afro surrealism and stuff like that. Like I said, offbeat, and you know. Also, if you're kind of into like horror aesthetics, because I know everybody's gonna be watching us this weekend. But if you are into horror aesthetics. You might want to, you know, check her out as well because it's along those lines. Okay, so yeah, and uh, uh, I play stuff like that and much, much more on the Black Swan Collective. Uh, you can find that on Mixcloud.com/slash and Lauren. That is mixcloud.com slash Indalorian for the Black Swan Collective. <laughs> Audio essays from Inda. 
that are also called In This right. Corner. Okay. Mixcloud.com slash In DeLorean. So get into it. <laughs> Thank you for that trip to In This Corner. Now we're going to take a trip to... I don't know, Fadesville. We're gonna we're, we're gonna throw we're gonna send out some fades. Um, this is gonna be really. Uh, this is not gonna get into all the nooks and crannies of the fuckery that's going on, but I feel like we need to uh, talk about it uh, because this affects a lot of black women in the genre of romance. So, gonna do a little mm-hmm. bit on Rita So White. Um, I was not on Twitter for when all the bullshit popped off, but um, I'm just going through Twitter threads. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Apparently, uh, well, first of all, Rita's, the Rita's are the awards given by the Romance Writers of America. It's one of the most. It's one of the most prestigious awards given to romance writers. And, um, but in the 36, 37 years that uh, the awards have existed, <laughs> there aren't any black romance writers who have won. Um, it's hard to find any who have been nominated. Um, very few authors of color are even nominated. And um, most of those are not black. Uh, which is funny because <laughs> the RWA was founded by a black woman uh, named Vivian Stevens. What? what? Yes. What? Yes. Yes. Wow. So, so the people that are, are saying that we should make our own w- RWA, we did. Um, the other people that were nominated, that were, that helped uh, to build our WA just managed to make it center them instead of the black woman that founded it. So funny how that happens. So um, after all of these years, people are, you know, taking to Twitter to point out how the judging and the voting systems are flawed and the publishing system that it stems from is very flawed too and uh, disadvantages um, marginalized people um, not just people of color but also writers who are uh, queer or trans um, or um, uh, have are differently abled um, just there's, it's just a lot of bigotry and um and so the awards favor tend to favor uh, white cis hetero um, authors and people who write about white cis hetero couples or throuples yeah. or whatever. So um, yeah, people are fed up. There are some people who are just like saying, you know, put 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 the Ritas in rice, um, you know. Put, put it on hiatus until they find some way to fix this system because it's 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 fucked up. Um, there are very prestigious black authors who have never submitted their work to 
the readers because they know the system is messed up and there's no point um, talking about, um, you know, the very, very prestigious black romance writers that we all know and love. And if they don't have, if they know they don't have a chance, then the rest, mm-hmm. the rest of us who read and write romance um, uh, with um, characters of color who are authors of color, like what, what chance do we stand? Um, so yeah, this system is really bad. It's really harmful. Um, on occasion, they have been known to award Nazi romances. So yeah, <laughs> the, you have you would rather when you would rather give awards to Nazi romances and make that a thing instead of giving them to authors of color who write about characters of color. Yeah, you just need to put the whole thing in rice. Just start over. Scrap Start over. Um, you, yeah. We're, when a whole section of, of the genre is not being included, you, you can't be the most prestigious award and not include a whole half of the genre. So... So, uh, yeah, readers can catch the fade, and, um, yeah, just, uh, keep, keep supporting your favorite authors of color, and your favorite, um, your favorite, uh, characters of color, and your favorite queer characters, uh, and your favorite, uh, characters of all ability types and um you know let's get on twitter and amplify those voices so um another quick thing uh, <laughs> uh the um avengers endgame published a poster um that listed a whole bunch of white people <laughs> And they ha- I think the only black people, only people yep. of color, period, on the on the poster, were Don Cheadle and Denai Guerrera. Um, technically, Okoye is not a, an Avenger, mm-hmm. but the poster was so damn white yep. they just needed to throw some, some <laughs> black people that hadn't got gotten killed in the last movie. Oops, spoiler. Um, they they killed. They killed a lot of yeah. a lot of most of their black population in the MCU got killed or dusted in the last movie, which is why I call Infinity War a hate crime. And <laughs> I don't care if you disagree. <laughs> don't at me. Leave me the fuck alone. I'm, I'm entitled to my opinion. But if you had more people of color in your damn universe in the first place, it wouldn't feel like a hate crime when you when you killed five of them. Anyway, so they they had they had two black people on the cover, but they left Denai Guerrero's name off of it, off the poster. Um, Twitter did their thing, and they finally fixed the poster. <laughs> Some people fixed the poster by just putting Denai Guerrero's face all over it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I like that poster. That's my favorite. Um, 
um, even though you know technically she's not she's not been made an Avenger, but they needed some color because that poster was really fucking white <laughs> without without Don Cheadle and 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 Denai. Um, and and the thing is, they were really they were really. You, you can tell they didn't care. They just yep. had to throw some color on there because they yep. used her exact pose from the from her Black Panther poster. It's it was terribly it was terribly thought out. It was not thought out at all. Yep. So um, yeah, this is this is this is your MCU fandom. It is trash. Um. Oh, you know, while I'm talking about fandom, MCU fandom being trash, this whole, uh, like, forgetting about Maria Rambeau in favor of shipping Carol Danvers with, with Valkyrie is some, it's, it's, it's MCU fuck, fandom fuckery at its finest, like, yeah, let's let's forget all about the dark-skinned black woman that is was basically co-parenting a child with Carol Danvers um, in favor of the lighter-skinned um, black woman who um, from a whole other movie that you know that I haven't even met just because you don't want to ship Valkyrie with Thor. Like, why can't we just exist in a, why can't we ship Carol with Maria and Thor with Valkyrie and have them both love black women? I mean, that's, that works in my head. That's too much, yeah, that, that's too much showing love for different types of black women. That, they, that's, heads are going to explode. Can't have that. What's, what makes me sad is that the actors kind of jumped on it too. And I'm like, girl, girl. Like, like Maria is right there. Y'all was raising a child together. Like, uh, anyways, and Monogrambo was Captain Marvel before Carol Danvers. But whatever, we won't get into that geekery. We won't do that. That that'll be another debate for another day. But whatever. At least she was in the fucking movie. Um. Anyways. But before we get off of Catch the Fate, just one brief thing. I'm just going to say I didn't even bother to learn this woman's name because I don't care. She's a goddamn fool, and I'm glad she got fired. But a woman in a UK production of The Color Purple, a black woman, got fired for making homophobic remarks. Girl, what play did you think you were in? What 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 play did you think you were in? Whatever. It's about queer women, right? right. <laughs> it's about queer black women, written by a queer black woman who is exactly who, unfortunately, is anti-Semitic. But whatever. yeah, but that's that's a different that, test of fate. It is, it is. But you know, but still, that work means a lot to a lot of queer black women. Yeah, and, you know, you can't you can't take that away. You can't take that away. But it's like. Girl, <laughs> I read the book. I've seen the movie. I haven't seen the play because it's a musical, and I don't get to you know go see plays at all. But there are women kissing it. <laughs> there are women kissing each other at it. What? what, what uh, 
they did a lot more than that in the book, but yes, yeah, a lot more. Like it's like getting fired on your day off. I mean, that's like the that's one of the ooh, what a way to lose a job. Yeah, but like I said, I didn't even bother to learn her name, but. Whenever she's mentioned now, people are gonna people are gonna you know say she got fired from the color purple. I'm just gonna know to avoid you. <sighs> so yeah, so um, a damn pact. Yeah, catch fate. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's uh, indulge in some thirst. Ooh, yes. Uh, which means it's time for Inda's favorite segment. <laughs> oh, my favorite segment. <laughs> Mine? <laughs> yes, yes. Um, it's this week in Apprentice, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, so I must say, um, another um, entrant who can also be we can we can also give him uh, the great beards of our of our mm. time moniker, Mr. Shazad Latif, mm. is a British actor. Who you may know if you watch Star Trek Discovery. He plays um, the actor that uh, did something really terrible to Wilson Cruz's character. But um, I'm trying to f- forgive because the beard is nice. <laughs> he, looks, he, looks, he looks nice with the beard. Um, uh, but um, he's also been in the BBC series Spooks. And uh, played Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde on Penny Dreadful. So, uh, yes, he currently plays Ash Tyler on um, CBS All Access uh, series Star Trek Discovery. Uh, He is of mixed Pakistani, English, and Scottish descent. And um, he is... (laughs) He's just lovely. Um... That's all I can say about that. Um, his character on Star Trek Discovery, I don't know. I haven't seen season two, but um, I'm still mad at what you did season. <laughs> so, but, you know, I will, I, I will try to forgive for the beard. Because you know, I ain't shit. Um, so, um, shout out to Shazad, Shazad Latif. Welcome to the Pantheon of Peen and also Great Beards of Our Time. <laughs> Um, and next up in the Pantheon is Mr. David Castaneda, who is an actor who stars in Netflix's The Umbrella Academy. He plays um, number two, uh, a.k.a. Diego Hardgreaves, and he is uh, an actor that was born in Mexico and uh, now lives in the States. <laughs> and... Yeah, <laughs> and <it> just <laughs> clicked on his Instagram. We thought it up for the gram, and I appreciate all of it. Um, he is also um, a Scorpio. Represent, represent, represent. October twenty fourth. Um, so, um, and so he's also been in Sicario, Day of the Soldado. Um, who? <laughs> Um, the reviews that I've gotten from uh, people that I know is that that had more that had less murder than um, the first Sicario. 
So that's all I can tell you about that. Um, <laughs> he, <laughs> um, so uh, he's done a lot of television. He was on Jane the Virgin for a few episodes early in the, that run. He was mm-hmm. on um, Southland um, in a show called Switched at Birth. Um, but um, check out his uh, Instagram. He is uh, his Insta. What is it called? Uh, I think it's his name, and then Wong. Yeah. And, um, Castaneda Wong. But yeah. Um, Castaneda Wong. So um, that's his name on Instagram, and uh, yes, he is shirtless and like half his picture. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, not, you know, not overly so, but, you know, he does have a few tats here and there. And, I just um, want to get a closer look. Yep. Like, <laughs> you know, just a plus get a closer look and examine. You, yeah, yeah, okay. She's zooming in on him. Bro, there's a nip here soon. Sorry. You know, you know. Shout out to the nipple Pearson. Okay, um, <laughs> it's finding new things out about. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, so there's two actors of color um, to induct into the Pantheon of Pain. Thank you for all of your work and um, yes. and your fineness. And uh, yes. Um, so now, um, if you can tear yourself away from Mr. Castaneda's, uh, Instagram page, maybe you can serve up a little woman's vocab. I'll try. Uh, let's see. So, woman's vocab. Today's, excuse me, today's woman's vocab word is cisnormative. Cisnormative refers to the expectation that people assigned a gender at birth grow up as that gender assignment. In other words, cisnormativity assumes all people are cisgender. It also creates expectations on people based on their assigned gender. Assigned gender meaning that people are expected to perform within the societal confines of that gender, usually with the strict male-female binary. And I had that on my mind because, well, you know that a lot of um, reproductive uh, issues been coming up again and there's been a really horrible law passed and um i think is it is it georgia the six week yeah the six week um bill you can, it's banning abortions after six weeks which is horrible but what i'm seeing with that is that people are talking about how that bill harms women and all which is true but it's not just harmful to women because more than just women can get pregnant and not all women can get pregnant. And so uh, kind of that's one thing you, we need to keep in mind when we talk about things like that. I mean, who's actually going to be affected and who sometimes might get affected a little more harshly in these types of situations and all of that. So just kind of, kind of trying to, you know, at least for me, train myself or, you know, retrain myself and to get out of that mindset and remember that there's a lot more at stake than, than just, than just us. It's always hard to kind of revise your language. Yes. But, yeah. but it's necessary. Yes. But it's, it's necessary though. 
um, people people who can get pregnant, you know, may not know within exactly. six weeks to get. Yeah, it's like somebody pointed out that's one missed period. You might not even realize that at first. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's a lot of people don't realize until they're like about eight weeks along. Yeah, that's wow. These are evil. This is evil. Um, so, thank you for Womanist Vocab. And, and that is our show. Again, please check us out on Twitter at Black Girl Squee, on Tumblr, tumblr.com slash Black Girl Squee, on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for Black Girl Squee. And um, hit us up on Patreon to support the show at um, patreon.com slash blackgirlsquee. And you can contact us on um, uh, Twitter at blackgirlsquee. Uh, Inda is at Inda's Corner. I'm at Dust Daughter. Uh, our email is blackgirlsquee at gmail.com. And you can find all of our episodes up at blackgirlsquee.simplecast.fm So, until next time, bye! Girl, run that shit back!